Hey, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us again today. Um, how's your week been so far? And been busy, busy, busy. Yeah, coming up one month end again. Yeah, yeah. It It's almost like every day is kind of month end, sort of feels that way. Uh, yeah. Like it's never ending month end, but uh, that's a good thing for, for us. It keeps us all busy. So yeah, we're, for sure. we're happy. That's good. Um, I know that we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the probably the biggest question that we've been getting in the last week or two is all about forbearances. Um, the questions I've been getting are a lot different than yours. Um, so let's talk about why you're hearing about it and what impact it's been having for you. Yeah, so we're, we're at kind of a critical stage here where a lot of these early forbearance offerings mm -hmm. are kind of coming to their first stage. So initially it was like three months and then they would extend another three months. Well, we're right at that level where November 1st, they got to make a payment. Yep. So now letters are going out to people that are in forbearance who've been in there, maybe like maybe they're at the six month mark now and they're offering to do something with the loan. Yeah. Either you owe, you know, $12,000 now you haven't made your payments or you owe, you know, whatever the number is, yeah. pay that. Or we're going to offer to put some of that money on the back end of the loan. We've seen that uh, on several occasions. And so what we're getting now is we're getting a lot of requests from people that are going, hey, we know rates are low. We know we have equity in our house. We got to do something with it. November is, you know, kind of right around the corner. Can you, can you refi? Can you refi me in like two weeks and get this thing done so I don't have to make my payment in November, right? Mm -hmm. The answer is no. No, you can't do that. So, so what I thought would be a good idea, let me explain from a lender's perspective, like what are we looking at to allow somebody to refi? And then you can touch on, um, you know, what, it, what somebody might want to consider doing if they don't think they're going to be out of the situation that they're in and they don't want to risk the equity position. So we can talk maybe about both those perspectives. Yep. Um, but from a refinance, so let's say somebody's in the middle of a, a forbearance, uh, they call, they want to do a refi. If they want to go now on the refi, they need to bring that loan current. So that means they need to make up any of those back payments that are due. They need to get those paid. We don't necessarily source those. So here's a trick. If you want to put them on a credit card, no, you didn't hear me say credit card, but if you wanted to put them on a source of funds that are maybe not the, the most ideal, are usually frowned upon in our lending industry, you can do that prior to application. As long as we do the application, we realize that the payments have been made. We're not really asking what, like how you made them. We don't ask on a regular refi how you made your last payment and so on. So mm -hmm. we don't do it on a forbearance. However, if you apply today and you're in forbearance and we have to have you bring that loan current, then we have to source those funds. So need to make sure they're legitimate. They're not being borrowed from, you know, your, your uncle Roger and you're getting all that money to, to come in and pay that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so there's some specific guidelines that we have to follow for that. So let's just assume that somebody did bring those current. They're good to go right away. You can refinance and, and you're all good. Let's say the bank decided that uh, they're going to offer to put all those payments on the back end of the loan and you don't have to make them. You're just going to pay them later down the road and you want to refinance. Well, if that happens, then we're okay with the refi as long as you've made three months payments consecutive. Okay. So let's say that you did that for October, mm -hmm. November 1st, you start fresh. You're going to make a payment. November, you make a payment. December, you make a payment. January, you make a payment. Now, uh, February rolls around. You're okay for a refinance. Even if that money was tied in or thrown on the back end of a loan, you can do that refi. 
the months okay, so leading up to November, if you had uh, forbearance. Correct. So, for. yeah, you're in forbearance maybe through the summer, and then you know even part of this this first part of fall, mm -hmm. um, happen to get an offer to throw that that money on the back end of the loan and not have to get current on all those payments, mm -hmm. right? Just defer them. Um, that is okay to go ahead and do a new refi, but again, you have to make three payments current on it. So any kind of modification to those loan terms, the key is three consecutive payments. So, so that's kind of the trick. And one thing that we're kind of watching is, you know, November is like the first kind of hard month that's a tell as to what's happening with these forbearances. Are they increasing? Are they going down? And we're actually seeing those numbers go down. They're going down quite a bit. So people are falling off of them and they're like, okay, we, we appreciated the support. We're back to work. We found other means to make our payment or we didn't need the forbearance in the first place. We just kind of had it there in case things got worse. And now we're going to go ahead and make our payments. So we're seeing a lot of people come off forbearance and then just go right back into making payments like normal. Uh, the other tell is in April. So April will really mark for the masses, it'll mark a 12 month forbearance timeline. So, um, so this is the first indicator like what we can expect in the future and April will be another one of those. And, and somebody certainly in this moment right now could ask for a six month extension and take them all the way out to April. And some of those that were in April that uh, maybe they got a full year uh, or they've, they've applied at this point for a full year. So April will be the, the next timeline that we want to watch. But mm -hmm. right now, this one actually looks okay. It looks better than we originally expected. We thought yeah. maybe some of these were going to go sideways and people were going to potentially you know, risk losing their home. Um, but I think it's important to point out that the equity uh, levels are really, really strong here. So it's not like, oh, I'm in forbearance, I'm in foreclosure. Mm -hmm. It's I'm in forbearance, have to look at another option. All of that fails. And, and I, I wait too long, I could be in foreclosure. And I think that kind of leads right into what you could talk about regarding like, you know, what, what are other options aside from a refi? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of the question that I've been getting is, you know, buyers being frustrated with there not being a lot of homes on the market. And like, they're looking at this forbearance issue as, you know, like a saving grace, like, well, surely those are all gonna foreclose and hit the market, right? right. I'm like, mm, not really, you know, maybe, maybe not. And like you said, the number of homes that are in forbearance, that number is dropping, which is good. Um, so it's not just going to be this like, oh, let's wait it out until all of those homes hit the market. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, like you said, equity levels are, are at an all-time high. Um, if you're in forbearance and you're not going to be able to make your payments again, you know, like you were before, then you probably should consider selling. Um, and with that, like, be, if you can't continue to make the payments, you're probably not going to qualify for a refinance, right? Um, if you could qualify for a refinance and stay in the house, that might be your best bet for sure. Um, but if you can't make the payments and you can't qualify for a refi, then you should look at selling um, so you don't lose all of that equity. I, I mean, right. the equity levels are crazy right now. Uh, which is good for everybody, right? Um, and I think we had talked about this before about taking that equity and right now being this rare opportunity of people being able to hit the reset button for free and you know take the equity from their home, pay off any debts that they have outside of the house if they sell and 
and just reset all of that and have a cushion to move forward in life with. Um, and why I said hit the reset button for free is it's not attached to a bankruptcy, right? right? And so their credit's not destroyed and they can do something you know sooner than they would had they filed bankruptcy. Um, so the equity levels being high, it's good to take a look at you know possibly selling the house and and then looking at what you're going to do moving forward. Um, a lot of people are leaving the state, which you know it's the cheaper alternative because rents right now. And I know we've talked about that before, but a decent house, you know, the average house on the west side, you're going to be at like twenty two hundred bucks a month minimum, and that's higher than a lot of people's mortgage payments right now. Um, so if they were in a bad spot and they couldn't afford it, I don't think that they're going to bite off more in rent, right? Um, anyway, so looking forward to selling would be a great option if they can't refinance. Yeah, and it's, it's good to point out, you know, again, the difference, and we've talked about before, between forbearance and, um, and foreclosure. Mm -hmm. So when somebody's in forbearance, the bank isn't tapping a, a notice of sale to their door. I yeah. mean, they're just, they're not making a payment right now. They're not in a distressed, from a bank's perspective, they're not in a distressed state. They don't look at it like, hey, they realize you didn't make your payment. It was also an agreement that was in place. Like we, we know things are kind of out of your control. Mm -hmm. We're going to allow you to skip these payments as a bank. We're going to get that money back. We're just going to get it back a little later. Mm -hmm. You agree? And the homeowner's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Give me a few months off. I'll, I'll get caught back up to you. No problem. When you're in foreclosure, in the status of the process behind it, you're not picking up the phone, talking to the bank. You're, you're not making your payment. And the bank's like, hey, Mike, uh, where's your payment at? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, get my voicemail. So you're trying to avoid them at all costs. And so then it's three months out. Now you have made three payments in a row. Now you're in a notice of default. Yep. So now they're going to send a formal notice out to you to let you know, like, hey, just FYI, we haven't got three payments from you. Mm -hmm. You're in default. Mm -hmm. If you continue in this practice, we're going to have a, we're going to sell your house. Like, yep. sorry, I'm just trying to give you a heads up. That's kind of how that works six months of no of missed payments then what happens you got three months later after that notice yep exactly yeah so you got your notice of sale now your notice of sale is like hey heads up final warning on the 12th of whatever date your home's going to be sold mm -hmm. you got to call us you got to figure this out either sell it figure something out right yep so that's very different than the forbearance that we're seeing right now. Forbearance is simply like a very kind of casual agreement. Now there is a little concern on the bank side, like, Hey, are these guys going to be able to bring this thing current or not? Yeah. But the difference between our market that we're in now, and if we would go back to like those peaks that the example you gave is great because you went 2005 increased to, you know, 2006 increase seven went up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Eight was just insane. Mm -hmm. But to use that as reference, the homes that were bought in 2006, and they if they tried to sell them in 2007, they didn't have any equity. They had no, no way to pay the closing costs or to pay a realtor to cover the, to sell the house. They, they didn't have any money in them. The ones that bought in 2006 that tried to sell them in 2008, they didn't, like maybe they broke even. They're like, nah, my friend made a hundred grand on his house. I'm not breaking even to get rid of this thing. So they just hang on until all of a sudden now they're in the other way, right? So the yep. equity position shifted. Today's market, somebody that bought two years ago, just based alone on, on the median sales price, like you mentioned, 10% in one year, that's just one year. So somebody in 19, they're, they're technically in a position where they could sell and get out 
and maybe have a little bit of money in their pocket, right? Maybe not, they're not going to make a ton of cash. If they put nothing down. But they can, they can if get they, out. If they put money down, they've got all that money left there. They'll get that money back. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. And remember, you, you mentioned it with the 80-20s and 100% financing in 2005, 2006, 2007. Those loans were made with no money down. Mm -hmm. So unless the house went up, they had no equity. Mm -hmm. You have people that have put money down. At the very minimum, they're putting 3% down on these things. Mm -hmm. So they're putting something down. So even if you bought in a, like a year ago, and all of a sudden now we have a pandemic upon us, and you lost your job, or you're out of work, you're not making the money that you used to, you technically have the room to probably sell it because of just yeah. the, the overall demand. Yep. So it's a very different market now than it was back in like 2006. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's important to kind of point out is that it doesn't mean that like next year, we're going to go from 74 foreclosures to 7,000 foreclosures. That would be very, very unlikely that that would happen. Yeah. And, and there's so many like backstops put in place that it kind of got out in front of this right now with the forbearance agreements and things like that, where there's hey, take a year off, no credit hit. We understand, it's out of your control. You know, those things were very, very strategically placed in, in, in the way to make sure that we didn't run into some kind of massive disaster. Remember, housing is a gigantic percentage of the GDP. Oh, yeah. So if housing collapses, you're, you're kind of railroading all the spending that is happening oh, yeah. out there. And, and they don't want that, right? We want the economy to improve. So very different just to, to compare it. And I like the numbers that you had there because it, it's eye-opening. Like, you know, if I heard 74 homes foreclosed this year, I'd go, wow, that's a ton. Yeah. It's really not. When you look back at, you know, 2007 and eight, you're like, wow. That's actually a ton. So, yep, crazy. Anyway, um, anything else on the forbearance and refinance up front that maybe slipped your mind to begin with? No, I, I think that there's just just a, a good general practice is if you know somebody is in a, a spot, you know, or they know somebody who's in a spot, maybe just a little worried about what's going to happen, even if your job's okay, but yeah. you're in the forbearance, you're just not quite sure what it's going to look like afterward. Um, it would really be a pain to call your servicer and sit on hold for an hour or two hours, but you need to do it. You got to talk to them and find out like, what are you, what are your plans yeah. after this forbearance? Are you going to add that money to the back end of my loan? Like talk to the servicer and find out what's going on. Yeah. Know what your options are. So you have plenty of time to, to figure it out. What you don't want to do is you don't want to wait until you have like two weeks left yeah. or, or a week left and try to get all that figured out with everything else going on and you got the holidays coming and stuff and everything kind of slows down. So get in front of it. Yeah. It's not fun, but get in front of it. So you can at least figure out, you know, what your options are. Yeah. And well, and get ahead of the rush. Nobody bought a house and they immediately want to sell. Yeah. And get yeah. ahead of the rush. And, and, and again, yeah. To that point. Exactly. So just like when people were calling in to get the forbearances, if they're all kind of coming to a sunset at the same time, well, guess what? That line is going to be pretty heavy at the sunset. Yeah. So yeah, expect longer than normal turn times to get in touch with somebody on the phone, but do it. You, you need to actually spend the time and do it. It's important. Yeah. It's going to be like Black Friday, right? <laughs> Those lines for that sunset forbearance. Um, yeah. One more thing that came to mind is I've had a few people, maybe in the last month or two, um, not in forbearance, but just selling and it being so difficult to find somewhere to go. Um, you know, I've had two or three people just take early retirement. Like they, they had a year left or two years left 
And instead of like staying in their fifth wheel or getting in, you know, in a rental that was way more expensive than their house, they've got the money. They just took an early retirement and moved. And, you know, so maybe if people are, are in that spot where they're not going to be able to afford moving forward, if they're at that, you know, age range, if they're coming up on retirement, maybe that's an option too. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen that too. We've seen people that maybe were planning on retirement in three years or four years, and they just kind of had to revisit things today and realize that, you know what, we can actually get it done now. It's, um, it's a little bit of a different plan than they originally were hoping for, but it works. And, uh, and so those are, that's a good point. You know, if you're, if you're in that specific class, yeah. um, you know, take a look at it, revisit it. It doesn't have to be according to the plan you put in place, you know, uh, several years ago. Check it out. Maybe there's an option there. Yep. Awesome. Um, you know, the other thing I was gonna gonna mention to you too is so if let's say I was in foreclosure or in, in forbearance yep. and I was curious, like what is the equity on my house? Like how much does it cost for you to give me a ballpark on what my home's worth? Zero. We do that for free. It's what we do Nothing, all right? day, every day. <laughs> so, and same yeah. thing on this side. So if I was doing a, a refi quote for somebody. I don't charge by the hour to do that. You know, yeah. we wish we could, but we don't. Uh, so, you know, the, the advice, at least asking and seeing, you know, what are my numbers? Just so I know all my variables. Yeah. And that part doesn't cost anything. It's just a little bit of time. Yeah. Just know your options and, and get ahead of it. Like you said, um, you know, this could be some people's largest pivot, you know, financial move that they would make in their lifetime. You know, we just think about all the people, you know, the 7,800 people that foreclosed, had they thought about it a little bit sooner and avoided that foreclosure would have had a massive impact on their net worth, you know, even now, even 12 years later. So yeah, people should really yeah, be thinking about that difference. and asking the questions and whether it's refi or sell or whatever, just know what your options are and what impact that'll have. And and then you, you know, the customer, figure out what the best plan of action for you is. But reach out and get get the answers to the questions. Or if you don't know what questions to be asking, call, and we'll help walk you through that thought process as well. And we probably have a few questions you should be asking, right? We can kind of get you to think the, the certain way. So for sure. Alrighty, sir. Well, thank you again for your time. Um, and as always, if you guys have questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and we will do our best to get back to you and answer them as quick as possible. All right. All right. Have All a good right. one. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.